Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM, and we have come to that part of the show where we are going to have a Bible study. We're going to join 20 million other people right around the world who are studying the same subject this morning. And before we get into our Bible study, we have another clue for our quiz. What is our next clue, Mon? Okay, so this what number am I quiz, the the third clue is... The law requires all men to appear before the Lord this many times a year. Mm. These are rather obscure yeah. clues. Yeah, this and do you know what? They don't particularly get much easier. Really? Mm-hmm. This is a tough one today. Do you want me to give you like double up clues so we can give you more and more clues? Eh, we'll spin them out. Yeah, you want one? Next no, we'll, 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 we'll spin them out. We've got, we, sure. we've got a couple more segments. We'll do one per segment. But I can come up with extra clues. Oh, you can come up with I extra come clues. Up with oh, extra clues. I see yeah, what you're saying. saying. All right, all right. So give I'll, me give you, I'll give you another clue. Yeah. This is the number of times that Balaam beat his donkey. Oh, that's an easy one. Do you reckon? I yeah, it was an easy one. Easy. If you think you know what number that is, give me a call. The number of times he beat it or the number of occasions that he beat his donkey. It says the number of times. Yeah, well, it's actually the number of occasions because the Bible doesn't say how many times he beat it. Okay, the number of occasions that yes, Balaam different beat occasions his that he beat his donkey. <laughs> Although the Bible does use the word times. You have beaten me this many times. Well, you, now you've confused the, us all. Thanks, that's what, that's what the, uh, that's, what the that, that's what that's what the donkey said. Okay, what but the that doesn't mean say? he just went whack once because you got to go and whack 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 whack. And then a little while later, he's gone and just laid into it again. And then okay, so if you want to find out what number it is, maybe just look up the story of Balaam beating his donkey and see what it is the donkey says to Balaam. And then the and then the donkey. Yeah, that's right. So it's that's yeah. exactly that's the yeah. whole point of that story. Uh-huh. See what the donkey says to Balaam. It is the most hilarious story it in the Bible. Story. If it wasn't a little bit tragic. Because Balaam loses his temper so badly that when an angel speaks to him through the donkey, so the donkey turned around and talks to Balaam, Balaam has a conversation with his donkey. donkey. He's like, what on earth? so out of his mind. Seriously, if I was, you would have to be really, really have lost it to start having a conversation with a donkey. Like, you must have just been seeing red and lost all reason. Yeah. 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 Because if a donkey started talking to me, I would have, I would, you know. Instantly sober up, like whoa! Yeah, <laughs> like stop. Hold what did the you press. just say? <laughs> Donkey's talking to me. <laughs> Let me get my iPhone out and record this. Yeah, yeah. No one's gonna believe me if I don't. This is going viral. <laughs> of course, in those days. Let me pull out a piece of wet clay and write this down in cuneiform. <laughs> well, if you think you know the, old, the answer to version, our quiz today, old version of an iPhone was wet clay and a stylus. That would take a long time to dry off. <laughs> you can give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text me 0491-064-669. Um, or just message me on Facebook, Faith FM Australia. And we will send the prize, which today is a copy of the book called Noah. Another storm is coming. Mm, Noah, there you go. All right. So our Bible study today focuses on the Day of Atonement. Mm. Do you know what the word atonement means? Well, I like to remember it as if you break it down and go at one mint. That's exactly where the word mm-hmm. came from because mm-hmm. there was no word in the English language to describe atonement. And so because there was no, no word, they actually invented this word by, adding, by st- stitching three words together. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. At one mint. We should it always was, make up our words It was like invented this. for the purpose of translating the Bible into English. Oh. Yeah. That's very handy dandy. That's an awesome word. Okay, so I've got a couple of other questions for you, Mon. Mm-hmm. Is there anything impure in heaven? 
I was going to ask you about this. No, you've got to be me done. Because, I mean, you know, no, I don't think there is anything impure and or okay. imperfect right. in yep. heaven. Stop there. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything in heaven that needs cleaning? <laughs> I was totes going to ask you this, but apparently there is. <laughs> so if there is nothing that is impure, then why is there something that needs cleaning? Yeah, this is why we're going to have this Bible study. Because <laughs> it needs to be purified, right? If it's a, yeah, so yeah. that means it's not clean. It doesn't need... It means it's impure. It's not just needing cleaning, it's needing to be purified. Yeah. Mm. So there's something gross and disgusting and dirty and impure in heaven. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> if it needs cleaning, then that must be the case. If you need to clean something by default... It is something that uh, must be dirty. Is impure. Mm, mm-hmm. okay. okay, so why would you make such a statement? Is there, can, can you back this up with the Bible that there is something impure in heaven? Well, I mean, it comes from the fact that they have the heavenly sanctuary in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, because the one the one that we had here on earth. Oh, by the way, we did a, a bit of a study on the sanctuary a few weeks ago with Taryn and and, um, and also with Kent, and we talked about you know about this dusty old tent which was actually just a, a, uh, a symbol of the heavenly sanctuary up in heaven. And, uh, yes. and, and indeed, um, the heavenly sanctuary and the dusty tent sanctuary here on earth had to be cleansed and purified. You know, sometimes I, I meet people who say there's no sanctuary in heaven. Well, then we're all, we're all, we're all up the creek without a paddle if we... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. They don't say we're up the creek without a paddle. They say that Jesus doesn't need a building in which to mediate. Okay. So there's uh, so no point for it. Yes. Yeah, why would you have a saying? Why, why would God need a building? I don't think it's needed because He needs it, but it's a way of teaching us what He's doing of His work of how it works. Yeah, I think there's some great symbolism uh, mm, involved in the sanctuary in heaven. There's there's a couple of issues here, and one is that of course there will come a time when there's no need for that sanctuary in heaven anymore, and that simple fact alone, mm-hmm. you know, the the New Jerusalem, the Bible says there's no temple in it. Why? Because the Bible is talking about a time after sin has been destroyed, and the fact that there is no temple in the New Jerusalem is illustrating, you know, it, by its absence, it is illustrating that sin is over. You know, you know what I would like to see? What? Where the temple used to be, just an empty space, mm. and every time you go there, there's just an empty space. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. There is no temple mm-hmm. because there is no sin. Mm-hmm. It's all gone now. Mm. I, I think that would be super um, cool and symbolic. But of course, the Bible gives very, very little detail in relationship to that. Uh, but <clears throat> the Bible is also very, very clear that there is a temple in heaven. And so there's two issues here. One is that that temple in heaven is symbolic to the universe, it is symbolic to us. Um, it is an illustration to both the universe and to us. It, it creates a pattern for the one that was built on earth. And. Simply the Bible says it, so why would you argue? Why do people argue against stuff that's just the Bible says it, you know? Yeah. It's over and over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. so many places the Bible talks about the sanctuary in heaven and people have, oh, no, 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 it's not there. The, the issue here is the inspiration of the Bible and how you, how you actually read the Bible. Do you believe what the Bible says when the Bible says something? If it says there's a sanctuary in heaven and that Jesus ministered is in a sanctuary in heaven, why is that so hard for me to believe? Why would it benefit them for there not to be a sanctuary in heaven? Yeah, because we're too intelligent for that. We're too intelligent to need a sanctuary? Yeah, you know, you don't need a building. You know, God's not limited by a building. Mm. And so we're so intelligent that we have figured that out and decided this on behalf of God. And that's silliness. 
it's so much easier. You know, imagine giving this Bible study, right? Imagine giving this Bible mm. study. And you're reading all these passages about the temple in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then, and you're giving this to a new believer mm-hmm. or somebody who's not even a believer. And at the end of the Bible study, you say, "Well, I know I've read all these verses about the temple in heaven, but there's not actually one there." Yeah. P.S. It's all a joke. <laughs> no, it's not all a joke. It's it's just all you know allegorical. Mm-hmm. Um, how much credibility does that give the Bible? Yeah, not much. Yeah, it's just yeah. like okay, if that's allegorical. Then how do I know that you know John three sixteen is not just as airy fairy and allegorical? If I can get rid of that, if I can get rid of Hebrews. Uh, 8 verse 1 and 2, uh, because that doesn't really mean that, then who's to say I can't get rid of John 3.16? But hey, do you know what? Give us a call if you have a differing opinion. If you yeah, think, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, if you think the, the sanctuary is something that doesn't actually exist um, in heaven or if maybe you don't think it exists on earth at any point, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. And, uh, and we can discuss that on air. Or even shoot it through on 0491064669. Send us a question for question of the day. Mm. We would love to hear from you. Of course, this is the de- if you're listening to the delayed broadcast, you might not get answered. That's true. So, so if you're on the delayed broadcast, then quick jump across on uh, faithfm.com.au or via the TuneIn app to jump onto the live broadcast. Um, and that way you'll be able to interact. And if you're not sure whether or not uh, you're listening to the live broadcast, if today is not Friday the 4th of May... <laughs> you're listening you're to the delayed, delayed broadcast, broadcast. <laughs> and you need to get with it and switch over to the live one by simply jumping online. It's so much better because you get so much of a better signal mm. uh, by going that way. You don't have to worry about um, you know driving a little bit too far and suddenly, oh no, the signal's disappeared right in the middle of a great Bible study and now what am I going to do? And you can ask the question of the day. And I'm going to turn around and ask you the question now. Do you think there's something dirty in heaven that yes, needs to be purified? absolutely. Really? I'm convinced that there is something dirty in heaven that needs to be purified. And I'm going to... You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And I'm going to talk about it in just a moment. And the moment is right now. <laughs> just mistimed that one ever so slightly. Okay, so where are we up to? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 9. And Mon, if you can read for us first. I'm going to get you started in verse 19. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 19. Yeah, the Bible study actually gives the verse 20 as the start. But I want you to start in verse 19 through verse 23. Okay. And so, dear brothers and sisters... We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Did you read further than that? You said uh, 19 to 23? Of chapter 9? Of chapter, oops, I read chapter 10. I was going to say, it's a really nice passage you're reading there. It's lovely, isn't it? And I'm sitting here multitasking and I'm like, yeah, this is just great. Let's let's, let's, let's dig more into this. Maybe we should come back to that in just a moment. (laughs) Hey, look, it's Friday. And your translation is very different from mine, but I'm thinking, she's going to get to it. Uh, She's going to get to it. 
<laughs> She's not getting to it. <laughs> Look, it's Friday. Forgive me. <laughs> okay. okay. Did, did, did you did you did you yawn? Did I catch you yawning a minute ago? Just a sec. I'm getting all warm in here in this studio, and it's making me a little bit mm, cuddly. Okay. <laughs> so Hebrews nine, nine, verse nineteen to twenty-three. Okay. The real one this time. Yeah. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. Thank you. So the real things in heaven had to be what? What did it say? Purified. So if they have to be, if they are in heaven and they have to be purified, then that means that there is something impure mm. in heaven. But it had to be something better than the blood of animals that purified it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can't take the blood of a bull or a goat or a sheep into heaven to purify what's in heaven. The only thing that you can take there is the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have definitely here something impure in heaven that needs to be cleansed and purified. We need to dig a little bit further into this and to find out exactly what is it that is going on. And the way to understand the heavenly temple, the heavenly sanctuary, is by understanding the earthly one. By the way, how big do you think the the heavenly temple is? I feel like it must be huge. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, there's no measurements given. Uh -uh. Could be light years across. It could could be actually, eh? Yeah. It could be just beyond. Or it could be smaller than this studio. It could be. We'd be pretty small. That would be pretty small. (laughs) Yeah, that God doesn't need a lot of space. God is amazing. Okay, so uh, where were we talking about? Okay, so let's look at the earthly uh, the earthly sanction. We've talked about this before on Faith FM, but it's a theme that needs to be repeated because the book of Leviticus is all about the gospel story. Mm-hmm. Which is surprising you to read, some people. Uh, that's right. You read it and it will just melt your brain. It's like, what on earth is this all about? But when you actually peel back the layers of that particular book, it is all about the gospel story. Mm-hmm. So in Leviticus chapter 4, you'll find the story of the sin offering. And this is what a person would bring if they committed a sin. And the basic sin offering for the average person was a lamb. And so if you've committed a sin through ignorance, you bring a lamb, the Bible says. And you bring that into the sanctuary and you confess your sins over the head of that lamb. And symbolically what is taking place is that the sin is transferring from you mm-hmm. to the lamb. Mm-hmm. The wages of sin is what? Death. So once the sin has been transferred to the lamb, and by the way, in this service, it can only ever go one way. You can't go from the lamb, from the sinner to the lamb and then back to the sinner again. Mm-hmm. Only ever goes one way. Mm-hmm. Once it has been transferred to the lamb, now this is a, this, has the lamb ever done anything wrong? No. No, lamb. lamb. Without blemish. They yeah, how, how, can a, how can a lamb do something wrong anyway? I mean, I've had, I had a pet lamb once, and a pet lamb can't do anything wrong. It can, be fr- can frustrate you at times, but they are innocent. Yeah, they're so sweet. Yeah. And uh, so you, the, the, the lamb is innocent. You are guilty. You confess your sins over the head of the lamb. 
the, 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 the sin has now transferred from you to the lamb along with the guilt. Mm-hmm. The wages of sin is death. So now the lamb has to die. Exactly. The lamb has just come under the penalty for death, penalty of death for having done nothing wrong. And who has to kill it? The person who committed the sin, really. You do. Mm-hmm. You do. Mm-hmm. How would you go, Mon? I would have an extremely hard time killing any animal. <laughs> yeah, it would just yeah. be incredibly brutal. I'm just about got Mon in tears here for yeah. the second t- time this morning. Especially because it's not like, you know, when you're like, you know, for those of you who like hunt stuff, you know, you've you got a gun, you're ages away from the animal. Like you have to be like right there next yeah, to Yeah, and, 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 you know, for hunting, you know, often it has a purpose. You know, it might be, um, you know, feral animal destruction or something like mm-hmm, that. And, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, or, you know, culling numbers down and, and, you know, these kinds of things. Um, and, yes, it's a lot less personal. Mm. But this one, like, it's it's all your fault. Yep. And you're the reason it has to die. Yep. And that's the only reason. Mm. And for a farmer or somebody like that who deals with this kind of thing on a daily basis, it wouldn't have had as much effect. But for the average person, it would have a lot. Yeah. It would have a serious effect where you have to actually take a knife and... And, and and just the just the reality of why it is happening, mm-hmm. it's really horrific, mm. and and it's just and it's showing God is trying to illustrate here, because we take sin so lightly, and He's trying to illustrate just how horrific a thing sin is. It is truly horrific because it takes life. Do you think people back then, when they had to do the animal sacrifices, still? We're less inclined to sin than we are now because now, you know, I almost feel like it's almost like a throwaway thing. Oh, you just sin, you ask forgiveness, boom, it's done. Do you think people back then sinned less? Because I, would, I would hope so. Yeah. I don't know. The Bible does talk about, you know, where God got sick of the sacrifices because they got so used to making sacrifices that it had become a throwaway item and life had become a throwaway item. And God was like, I'm over it. I'm sick of it. I don't want to know about it. I just don't even bring them. Um, I guess because your heart's not in it. Yeah, I guess you can get desensitized to almost anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sad. It is. It is. It is very sad. But it illustrates what Jesus did for us. He mm. was the sinless Lamb of God. That's what the Bible says. He did not deserve to die. He had done nothing wrong. He was without fault, and our sins were placed on him. And the moment that our sins were placed on him, the penalty of death was placed on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this was the penalty of death that comes from God. Mm. It wasn't the Romans who placed him under the penalty of death or the Jews who placed him under the penalty of death. It was God who placed him under the penalty of death because our sins were now on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Romans and the Jews, of course, were you know, part of the whole equation. And so this is a really, really serious situation. Anyway, the um, going back to the sanctuary, the blood from that lamb would be carried into the holy place and it would be sprinkled on the, on, not on the mercy seat, on the altar of incense, on the four corners mm-hmm. of the altar of incense and on the veil that was between the holy place and the most holy place. So this mm-hmm. was like a large curtain. Mm-hmm. And symbolically what was happening was that the sin was being transferred from the sinner to the lamb to the blood to the holy place. Mm-hmm. The sinner would walk out of there. How much guilt is there on him? Well, it's not supposed to be any then. None whatsoever. Mm. Should he ever think of those? Should those sins ever come into his mind again? No, no, not at all. Because they never ever are going to have any kind of relevance whatsoever at all for him as an individual. Okay, none. They, they are gone from him forever. They are now God's problem. They are in the sanctuary. They are for God to deal with, not for him to deal with. 
But this this animal, this like lamb sacrifice, that wasn't what happened on the Day of Atonement. Well, the Day of Atonement was like a no, special day, right? Because that's right. Well, that would have been like every day someone was making an animal sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to come back and talk about the Day of Atonement because how do you get rid of this record of sin that is building up in the blood in the sanctuary? Yeah, because they're sprinkling blood all over the place. It's going to be piling up a little bit. We'll stay right there. We'll be right back to talk about the Day of Atonement. This is Grego Pillay. Grego Pillay with The Call here on Faith FM. One of our local pastors right here in the Newcastle area, and I believe he's down at Toronto Church. So if you'd like to hear Grego Pillay sing live, then head down there on a Saturday morning and uh, enjoy the music that they have at, uh, I think it's Toronto Church. But anyway, if I'm wrong on that, I will correct it. Okay, so where are we up to? We were talking about... The Day of Atonement. That's exactly right. Yeah, they were making animal sacrifices Mm -hmm. uh, and... um, but that doesn't that doesn't constitute for the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement was something special. It was once a year. Once a year. Okay. Yes, and it involved cleansing. It was the it was it was a cleansing day. Mm-hmm. So it was also known as the cleansing of the sanctuary, or the cleansing of the temple, or the 
or the uh, cleansing of the tabernacle. Those those three words, temple, temple, tabernacle, sanctuary, all refer to the same thing. Okay. So why did it need cleansing again? Well, they would sprinkle the blood on the curtain, right? Yes. That would eventually collect quite a bit of blood, wouldn't it? It would. So, like, I mean, if that was me, I'd be disinfecting that thing every day. But You would. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it had to be dealt with. It had to be purified. That's right. And how is it? Uh, how was the stench of that? Or well, what did that stench symbolise first? The the disgustingness of sin. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how was that dealt with on a daily basis? Didn't they burn the incense to deal with it? Exactly. Mm. They had a, a special incense. They burnt there. That burnt with a white smoke. And what that di- what that symbolised? White is a symbol of what? Purity, right? Whose purity? I'm thinking about wedding days, but <laughs> the bride. Typical woman. I say white and her mind automatically goes to wedding days. Hey, look, one of my best mates is getting married soon. All right. So um, but would be the wearer. Where is purity? Jesus' purity. I, I, that's it. I, I was just waiting for you to get there because when you think about your purity, your righteousness, where does that come from? Yeah, from it comes the from mud. Jesus Christ. Yeah. My, my purity is about as good as the mud. That's right. I'm Definitely a sinner. Okay, so um, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That white smoke symbolizes the righteousness of Jesus Christ covering the stench of our sins. Mm. It's a great great symbolism mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we've got the, the, the symbolism that's happening on a daily basis, but once a year that was, a, that was all cleaned up. Mm-hmm. A special, special ceremony to clean it up. And you find that in Leviticus chapter 16. Let's go there. I'm so intrigued to know how they cleaned a curtain that had a year's build up of blood on it. Yes, and it was and a big, thick, like heavy one. Um, and how did you how did you change it without actually looking into the holy place at the at the most holy place at the Ark of the Covenant? I, because I, only the high priest was ever allowed to go in there. I doubt they had nappy sand back then. I think they just replaced it. Oh, okay, righto. Yeah. Okay, Leviticus sixteen. Where are we heading? Leviticus chapter sixteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, for homework, everybody, as you're listening in, this is your homework for the day. Read Leviticus chapter sixteen and send us a bunch of questions because we don't have time to cover all of the details here in Leviticus chapter sixteen. In verse seven, the Bible says, "He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation." So on this particular day, which was a yearly service, mm-hmm. and this was the most important of all the yearly services because it is the one yearly service that is mentioned in Bible prophecy. It is mentioned more in the book of Hebrews than any of the other yearly there were seven yearly services. This is the only one that really gets serious uh, regular mention. Mm-hmm. This one and the Passover, of course, which was the symbol of the death of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. <coughs> so they bring two goats. What do they do with these two goats, Mon? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Um, they present them as sin offering, mm-hmm. um, but one of them was like, <coughs> sorry, a scapegoat. That's right. Which was it? actually sent away. Read it for us in verse 8. Okay. He is to cast sacred lots to determine which goat will be reserved as an offering to the Lord and which will carry the sins of the people to the wilderness of Azazel. How often do you cast lots, Mon? Well, isn't that to some degree gambling? Uh, not really. Oh, that's a way of choosing something. It's a way of choosing okay. something. Like, I was just going to say, but we don't use this language very often. Yeah, do we? yeah. It's like, will I choose that car or that car? You yeah. know what? I'm just going to cast, cast lots. lots. <laughs> I'm going to cast. Let me cast lots for this. It's almost like the kind of phrase that needs to be said with an old English accent. Is I feel. is the is the new way of saying it? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. 
yeah, flipping a coin. Yeah, flipping a coin. Yeah, okay. So that's what's happening now, here. They did this. This was sacred lots. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible says that casting lots is not a way that we should make spiritual decisions today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was, was reserved for the sanctuary service and for very special occasions when God specifically directed it. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to choose between two cars by flipping a coin, go ahead. Just don't make that a spiritual exercise. That's not how God works for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but the Bible doesn't actually say the method. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have coins in those days. Coins had not been invented in those days. Did you know that? Maybe they drew a short straw. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Pull a name um, out of a hat. Yep. Any number of different ways that you can uh, cast lots. Okay. But it was random mm-hmm. and they would randomly choose one goat for God and the other goat for who? Uh, the wilderness of Azazel. I'm guessing that'd be like the devil. Yes. One for each. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's that's the obvious. You know, because if one is for God, then the other is going to be the opposite um, to that. And the name here, Azazel, is another name of Satan. Mm-hmm. So Satan, you know, he's called Beelzebub, he's called Satan, he's called the devil, he's called you know, demon, etc. and so forth. Okay, which one of these two goats is going to die? And that's the interesting part, isn't it? You think the he's, one that belongs to the devil has yeah, to Yeah, let's kill the devil, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, and then let oh, Jesus go. Oh. Yeah, but verse 9 says, Aaron will then present as a sin offering the goat chosen by Lot for the Lord. And the other goat, the scapegoat chosen by Lot to be sent away, will be kept alive standing before the Lord. And when it is sent away to Azazel in the wilderness, the people will be purified and made right with the Lord. There you go. So the devil's goat gets to wander off in the wilderness free and the Lord's goat. Okay, here's what you've got to understand. (coughs) The devil's goat was punished, Mm -hmm. but it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins. Isn't that so? And so if the devil's goat had been killed and you know executed, then you would say, wait a minute, why, does, why is Satan being executed for our sins? Mm. Okay, but he's punished. Why is he punished? He's punished for the role that he has to play in every sin that we commit. Mm-hmm. He's punished for tempting us to commit that sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the, the devil's goat is punished and God's goat dies. Um, what, does, what, what does it die for? Would you like to read for me? verse 15 and the first two lines of verse 16. Then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering for the people and carry its blood behind the inner curtain. There he will sprinkle the goat's blood over the atonement cover and in front of it just as he did with the bull's blood. Through this process he will purify the most holy place and he will do the same for the entire tabernacle because of the defiling of sin and rebellion of the Israelites. Thank you. Okay, so what you've got here is a situation where on the Day of Atonement, the blood is taken all the way into the most holy place. This was the only day of the year that the high priest could ever go into the most holy place and he could ever see the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, And he would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat that came between the law that says the wages of sin is death and the Shekinah glory, the Father, so that when the Father looks down at the law rather than seeing these people need to die, he sees the blood of Jesus mm. covering our sins. Mm-hmm. We talked about this yesterday or the day before. And um, having done so, uh, the priest then cleanses with blood the whole temple, which is what is referred to in Hebrews chapter 9, where the whole temple is cleansed by the blood of um, the Day of Atonement. Mm-hmm. And so this is a direct reference to this. Okay, so if this is what is happening, and so once a year. Okay, so let's think about this. Once a year, 
All of the sins that had ever been committed were blotted out. And this is the great thing about what Jesus is doing in heaven for us. On the Day of Atonement, in heaven, otherwise known as the Judgment, all of the sins that have ever been confessed, I should say, are blotted out so there's no record anywhere of anything that you, as a Christian, have ever done anything wrong. How 
You're listening to Home Free with How Great Thou Art here on Faith FM. We have come to... Hi, my name is Luca. I go to Townsville Seventh-day Adventist Church. We would love to have you join us on Saturday at 9.30 for Sabbath School Kids Program and then the main service at 10.45 a.m. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church, Townsville City. Let's try that again, shall we? <laughs> yep. Was that your fault or my fault? Uh, we were both just off with the Friday fairies. <laughs> <I think>. Friday <laughs> fairies. I like that. I like that. The Friday. We've had a few of the Friday fairies here this <laughs> <Yeah>. morning. <laughs> yeah. They are a bit of a worry. Oh. Okay, so quiz clue time. Uh, what it's called three. This is a tough one today. Let me give you two pretty easy ones. Okay. All right. Okay. So this. What number am I? The first one. I By the way, what's our prize for this? Oh, it's the book Noah, The Storm oh, is right. Coming. Yes, Noah. Another Storm is Coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, this clue is the number of times Paul pleaded with the Lord to remove a thorn in his flesh. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you another clue. This is the number of times that Peter denied Jesus before the rooster crowed. Oh, that's really easy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you give us a call on one 843 you'll find that that number is in our phone number twice. It isn't. Ooh, Lyle. Yeah, yeah, you're giving it away there. Yeah, oh, you can more than one number that's in there twice. There's three numbers in there that are twice. Uh, third, third, four third numbers chance. in there twice. Okay, if you give us a call okay. on that, 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can text 0491-064-669 and we will send you the Noah book. Fantastic. All right, so question of the day is, what was our question of the day? I don't know. What is our question? Oh, our question of the day. That's right. Here it is right here. Um, who is the fit man in Leviticus chapter 16? Okay, so I gave right. you some homework and somebody's already been reading mm-hmm. and they've asked, well, who is the fit man? So let's read about the fit man. It's not me. I tell you that much. I'm not fit. Um, and you're not a man either. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 21 and 22. Somebody wants to know what is this all about? All right, you got it for us there, Mon? Aha, uh-huh, Leviticus chapter 16. I'll make sure I have the right chapter this time. Mm-hmm. Verse 21 and 22 says, He will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. Then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. Okay, so yours is a man specially chosen will drive the goat. My translation says, and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man. Why do you need a fit man? He's got to chase a, a goat. specially chosen fit man uh-huh. to do this job, he's to drive this goat. He's got to chase a goat out of town. It's, you have to be pretty fit. I mean, those things can really move. <laughs> I'd l- tell, tell you something else about goats because I used to own goats. Mm-hmm. They're very stubborn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like really, really stubborn. Sometimes you want to move a goat from one paddock to the next and the goat just won't go. Oh, wow. And sometimes you grab the goat by the horns and you start dragging it and it still won't go and it digs its <laughs> heels in. <laughs> <laughs> so you're really a fit man <laughs> to persuade. You know how stubborn goat. a goat can be. <laughs> yeah, there's a re- there's a there's an illustration. Okay, we, farmers will get this. Um, townies will be horrified. But we had a goat once that would didn't would refuse to move from one paddock to the next. Uh-huh. And there was better grass in the other paddock. That's why we're trying to move it across. And so we put a rope around its horns, tied it to the back of the tractor, and towed it. <laughs> And it dug its heels in and dug furrows in the ground and it lay on the ground and it bleated and carried on. I don't know how we didn't dislocate its neck. Oh, goodness. That's hilarious. They're so stubborn. Don't be a goat. Be a sheep, not a goat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fit. Okay, so who is it that is fit enough to drive Satan away to punishment? Jesus. Jesus is the only person who's fit enough to do that, and the only person who's qualified. The fit man is a symbol of Jesus Christ Himself. Wow, I had no idea. That's really cool. If you have a question that you want to ask us, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. We will answer it live on air just for you. One eight hundred Faith FM. That was Matt and Josie Minicus with I Will Arise here on Faith FM and we have come to the gift-giving part of the day. Yes, indeed. But let me give you another two clues for the quiz because it's a bit of a hard one. I mean, it's getting progressively easier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our last two clues. Or do you want to give the last two clues? Like, oh, you never get to give clues. Yeah, why not? Okay, how many days was days and nights was Noah in the belly of the fish? If you know the answer to that. Or what was the other clue that you are going to give? Um, the Godhead one. Oh, yes. How many how many members of the Godhead are there? So it's a what number am I quiz. That's a really easy one. So yeah, give us a call. 1-800-324-843-0491 to text us. 064669. And we have the book uh, Life Noah? Without Limits no, no, to no, give no. away for... Oh, oh I get Noah so for the quiz. The, the, the prize for the quiz is Noah, Another Storm is Coming. It's a wonderful book by uh, E.G. White. But our giveaway today, our free giveaway, is the book Life Without Limits by Clifford Goldstein. Here's, awesome. He was just in Australia speaking at the camp meeting there up in um, Grassy Heads. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is his wonderful book, uh, Life Without Limits, how would you live differently if you knew, knew you, sorry, if you knew that there was more to life than what you were seeing, that something wonderful was awaiting you on the road of life and you were not on this journey by chance but for a special purpose? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful book. We've been giving a few, away, a few of these away lately and this one is a very, very good one. Yes, it's a wonderful hardcover uh, book. You can get this for free, sent to you. All you need to do is be the first person to call us now on 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843 or you can text 0491-064-669 um, or message us on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia. And of course, if you're listening to the show today and you're wondering... Why does it feel like Friday when I'm listening to this on Monday? The answer is that you're listening to the delayed broadcast and no, we're not presenting news that is way old and way behind (laughs) the times. You're the one who is behind the times because you need to get with the program and get with uh, and listen to the live show and you do that by going to faithfm.com.au or by using the TuneIn app on your mobile device and it's just so much easier to listen to the show there and you'll never have to struggle with a poor signal. It will just always be there wherever you go uh, in your car as you are driving around. Yeah, it's actually very easy to transition over to the live show and so much better. You can like win stuff and answer the quiz and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but yeah, but stay tuned. We're going to have some more great programming today. We have some wonderful music and some great segments. And uh, we'll be back on Monday morning or if you listen to the Labor broadcast on Tuesday morning right after the 7 o'clock news. Mm-hmm. And uh, while mm-hmm. a great week working with you, but I really do feel like the Friday fairies are upon us and wanting us to get out of here. <laughs> I'm making so many mistakes on Friday. Yeah, well, I, hey, let's just uh, let's just hope that nobody's picking up our mistakes. You know, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> but we love you guys, and we know that you forgive us when we mess up. So that's part of the reason we love you so much. There's more great programming right after this. This will be Sandra Enderman. Have a great weekend. God bless. Remember me In a Bible cracked and faded by the years Remember me In a sanctuary filled with silent
Remember me When the children leave their Sabbath school with smiles Remember me When they're old enough to teach Old enough to preach Old enough to
Won't you let him in today? 